Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Mad Dog, Mike Angus, on Stu's <laughs> Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time. Your host, Stu Palmer. Well, after a two-week hiatus of SWP, we are back for episode 123. And my guest today comes from the Big Apple, New York. It's veteran American wrestler, Damien Darling. Damien was active for many, many years on the independence in America. He's got some good stories with Joey Janella as well. I love stories that arose from these guys. I've never been one for scandal or exposés on SWP, but Damien was happy to talk about his relationship with Tammy Sitch, aka Sonny. A lot of bad press came his way. She made stuff up, but he has his side of the story, and it was great, and it was nice of him to be open and honest about what occurred from his point of view with Sonny. He had some amazing stories with Scott Hall. He went on the road with Scott Hall. They were really, really close. Loads of great stories with the late, great Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon as well. So, without further ado, my guest for episode 123 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast, SWP, is none other than veteran American wrestler all the way from New York, Damian Darley. Enjoy. My guest, we are back in the good old US of A, a man who is in New York as we speak. He's on his way to work. He spared some time to come on Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's veteran of the ring, Mr. Damien Darling on Stu's Wrestling Podcast here in the UK. We're going transatlantic again, Damien. I love when you're talking to somebody else from another part of the world because you'll pick up different language and lingo and you know the... Damien you've obviously been in wrestling for a long long time I know obviously you've got to know some of the guys high up in wrestling and you know you've got some great experiences so yeah you you starting out as a professional wrestler man and and you know the climate the climate was very different to what it is today you know we're only talking 14 years man but things evolve things change so yeah you getting in the biz you getting in the business man and, and, you know, starting out, how was that for you? Um, you know, so I, I think you said it, you said it best. Um, the business, the wrestling business is always evolving, always changing. Um, and, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're a fan and you hear that, I, I don't know if it really connects. However, when you are actively wrestling um, and trying to make that your career, um, I, I think it's it, it is relevant, and it's super important um, when you see guys like Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho who have reinvented themselves to stay relevant and to stay on top of an always evolving business. Um, 
So I, I always think that's incredible. Those, those are some, those are a few things that when I do watch the show, um, um, you know, it was um, it was a dream come true. I was a wrestling fan, you know, like like us, like all of us. Uh, I remember being in the fourth grade, sitting in the classroom, pretending to take notes, but actually be practicing my autograph. <laughs> so it, it was definitely, yeah. So it was definitely something within me that yeah. that wanted to happen. And then you know, um, you know, I played sports as a kid. I always used to wrestle my friends in the in the yard, in the backyard, at a park with the toy belts. You know, whenever I whenever I could. Um, and I and I think it's fair to say that I was always a little bit more. Um, focused on that than some of the other guys like it was something i was driven yeah, to do yeah, um so then years later when i you know when i was the right age uh when my body um through the gym was in, in the right stage um i i progressed and you know went to wrestling schools and were trained by you know uh, a handful of local guys that um that taught me the basics and and, and got my foot in the door and my foot in the ring. Amazing, amazing! Like you know, from a young age, you knew, you knew, man. And then that's like, I can't yeah. relate. I can't relate in the sense of wrestling, uh, but uh, you know, the fan in me and being young and impressionable. Of course, I can. Because I did the same as you, man. I had all the figures. Uh, you know, watched on it. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing for us as kids. Uh, yeah, you know, a few friends and I, we, we, we laugh about it. We, we say that, you know, it used to be better. But you could say that about a lot of things, right? Then, the world used to be better. Uh, music used yeah, to be better. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's and the, life, kids, you know? The, kids, the kids today will be the same as well. They'll look back in 20 years and say it was better yeah, when we were yeah. doing it, man. Sure. Absolutely, man. See, in terms of training, I'm going to ask you about training now when you got in there, man. How, how was it for you initially? Was it hard to grasp it? Or, you know, having, having a, you know, being very grounded and knowing wrestling, did you find it relatively easy early on? E-training is. However, I was so excited to just be involved. Uh, I was so excited to be in the ring and I was so passionate about what I was doing that, I mean, you know, you could have beat my body up all day, every day. I was still coming back the next. So, so that's what it was like for me, you know. And and I always and I and I always had goals, you know. When I when I look back on it now, I always set small goals. Like when I was training to be a wrestler, I, I just wanted to be on the show. And then then you were good enough to be on the show. So then you wanted to be good enough to be on the flyer, right, and be promoted. And then before you know it, you know, fast forward, now you're on all the flyers. Now you're in the main event. You know, now you're working the guys that just came off TV or that you used to watch when you were a kid. So, you know, it, it, it evolved very quickly for me. Natural progression on your end then. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It just man. clicked. I, I, I tell people, whenever I'm asked about my wrestling career, I go, you know, sometimes it's hard for me to explain because it was like 110 miles an hour. All of a sudden, you know, I was training one day and then fast forward, you know, a month and now I'm rocking and I'm going and I'm, and I'm doing my thing. 
obviously people work on different time frames, don't they? Some guys, some that some guys get in very early and can do it right away. And then other guys I've heard from who I've had on the show two, two and a half years until they had their first match. Sure. You, you hear guys like Diamond Dallas Page who who worked for 20 years to get in the wrestling business, right? And he didn't start till 40 and everybody told him not to do it. And then, you know, here I am telling you that I, you know, I trained for a couple of months and then I would, you know, I was, I was rocking and rolling shortly after that. Then again, I was also, I'm also a lot better looking than Dallas. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, so that not or, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> so I'm not of that orientation myself, but uh, no, you got you got you're a good looking chap, mate. You're a good, I'll, I'll give you that. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to inflate your ego either in the process here, but yeah. Also, what I'd like to ask, you know, you're working. I'm, I'm assuming it was East Coast Promotions at the time. Uh, how how was that? How was that for you early on working the different promotions? It, it was it was exactly what I wanted. The wrestling business to be. It's what I had dreamed of. Um, you know, traveling. You know, for me, you know, and, and, and I'm still the same way. I love to travel. So nothing is, is energizes me and excites me more than packing my bag and going to an airport and checking into a hotel. It doesn't even matter where I'm going. It's just <laughs> going somewhere, you know, uh, really uh, brings me to a good place. So I used to love it, man. Um, you know, wrestling, packing your bags, going out for the weekend, going out for, you know, for a week or so, uh, picking up the guys, whatever it was, and just uh, going places that you never thought you'd go, that you never really wanted to go to, and finding yourself there and meeting new people and, you know, being in interesting situations. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of good road stories with me because every time – no matter where I was, it was uh, it was a it was a party. It was a blast. It was a good time. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pick pick you on this one now. So right, some 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 stories that that you know come come to mind pretty you know pretty you know instantaneously. So I had taken a trip down to uh, Warsaw, Indiana, which uh, which is a uh, you know a pretty good uh, which is a healthy drive from where I'm from. Um, and the promoter uh, had us travel in a big van. So it was a bunch of guys from the area. Uh, myself, Joey Janella, Kyle the Beast, Corey Havoc, you know, and a, and a bunch of other dudes. So there was maybe like 12 of us in this van. It was a big van. So we traveled down to Warsaw, Indiana. We go, we do the show. The show is great. Um, it was one of those kind of places where, you know, like the wrestling show being in town was a big deal. So the whole town was at the wrestling show. So, you know, me being me and the guys that I was hanging with, you know, we're asking fans, you know, where's the, where's the bar for after the show? Where's the, where's the after party? So they, they point us in the direction of this downtown bar called downtown. Right, it, it's one bar in one town, and it's downtown. This is what kind of town this is. <laughs> so we go to the so so we go to the after party, and as soon as we walk in, the place erupts because they know the wrestlers just entered, 
And a lot of the people that were at the bar were, were, rest, were at the show. So it's a very cool experience to be a wrestler, right? I mean, fast forward, uh, I wound up having a couple of drinks. I wound up getting a little frisky. I wound up taking a piss in the ice machine. <laughs> now, while I'm taking a piss in the ice machine, this couple is taking a picture of themselves. So you can see me in the background pissing in the ice machine. A couple of days later, you know, we leave town, we get back home, and I'm getting all these phone calls and messages that are, like, looking for me. So I guess the owner of the bar or somebody must have found out about me pissing in it. And it was a very big deal because it costs thousands of dollars. Because think about it. If you piss in the ice machine, now you've just pissed in the ice cubes, which now go in everybody's drinks at the bar. So you just pretty much fucking ribbed the whole bar by pissing in their cups. And now in order to clean the machine, you've got to, like, pump it out and refiltrate it. It, it was way more of a big deal than I meant. I just meant to piss. <laughs> Long story short, yeah. I'm not allowed back in Warsaw, Indiana. They don't want me there. I'm, I'm going to call you Damien the Miscreant rather than Damien Darling for that, for that little uh, escapade. For that escapade. Yeah. You know, sometimes I, think I get excited and, you know, the, 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 the bad brother comes out. So it's rock and roll, man. It's rock and roll. That's what that is. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Also, just just a side note, Joey Janella. I've got to be fair to the guy because you spoke about him being in the van. I think um, he, he's done fantastic. You know, he's kind of gone on his own terms, hasn't he? Leaving AEW, and you know, the man. I think he gets. I think he gets a lot of unnecessary shit amongst the IWC. You know, what I, what I, 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 I have a lot of respect for Joey. Joey and I come from the same area. Um, pretty much, you know, grew grew up together in the business. Um, you know, he has been super successful, probably more successful than any of us ever thought he was ever going to be. Um, and like I like I said earlier, you know, dreams come true. And God bless Joey. His dream, uh, if it hasn't come true, is you know, it's it's coming true. Um, so he's doing his thing, and he's doing. What he needs to do. And, you know, Joey's always been like this. Joey's always been a do-it-my-way kind of guy, which mm -hmm. I think, you know, agree or disagree, you have to respect. Absolutely, man, absolutely. The match of Ambrose, like, you know, when they, when they had the match at AEW, I know it's like two, three years ago now. Just like, the guy, like you say, I, I, and I commend him as well. When anyone's ever, like, started on him on social media, he'll, he'll back himself up, man. You know, he doesn't go mute. Yeah. He'll tell people. He'll tell people straight, man. Which I, you know, that's endearing. That that's that's cool, man. Yeah, and and you know, and considering he's not really a tough guy, because he's always gotten his ass kicked every fight I've ever seen him in. <laughs> <laughs> he's still got a mouth on him, you know. God bless. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Where you? Yeah. Where you going back to? You were you doing it full time? You know, back back then in the days. Uh, like nobody was really doing it full time, right? Because unless you're working for, I mean, even if you work for WWE now, you're you're wrestling three days a week. Uh, and if you work for AEW, I mean, it's less than that. So nobody's really full time anymore, like they were back in the day. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, the '90s, the 
days and so forth. Um, but I mean, I still had a pretty solid schedule. That was one of the things that always I was proud. I, I was proud to say. Whereas you know, some guys considered themselves wrestlers because they wrestled once or twice a month. I was wrestling three, four times every weekend, and um, and and that's that's what I you know that's that's what I was driven to do. I wanted to travel. I wanted to wrestle as much as I could, especially in the younger in my my younger stage. So um so so that was what my schedule was like. You know, wrestling Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. You know, doing double shots, which means you do two shows in a in a night Absolutely. or in a day. Yeah. Um, so you know, so that was that was pretty much our schedule. It was more, it was a weekend thing. Yeah, no, that was cool, man. Though you did it, you did it on your own terms, man. It's, it's uh, that's there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, man. I was going to ask you. Obviously, you know a lot of legends within the business as well. I know you were close with Scott Hall. Just any any stories about Scott? Um. <laughs> yeah. A bit a bit open ended. Uh, you know. Um. So. When I first started watching wrestling, it was that Razor Ramon, Mr. Perfect, Ric Flair, Survivor Series angle on primetime wrestling where, you know, famously, Mr. Perfect pours the water over Bobby the Brain yeah. head. So that was the first time I ever watched wrestling. And I was enamored. I was, you know, like a lot of other fans, first time I watched wrestling, I was sucked in. Um, and Razor was my guy. Razor was my favorite wrestler. Um, the first wrestling t-shirt I ever got, my dad bought me, was the yellow Razor Ramon Uzi Machismo t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite wrestling toy, my Hasbro as a kid, was the purple Razor Ramon. So, you know, fast forward, I wind up, I was wrestling in Florida, um, and I wound up getting introduced to Scott Hall. And, you know, now it kind of comes full circle, right? And Scott, you know, he always admitted that he liked hanging out with the younger guys. You know, he enjoyed being the veteran, the mentor. And um, I'm proud to say that I was one of his young boys, mm -hmm. which in, uh, in Japan is a term they use mm -hmm. for, you know, for your student. Um, you know, Scott, Scott was great. I loved Scott. We were very close. Um, and it was really a, a blessing for me in my life to go from being a fan to being a friend to, to being like family. Um, you know, I love him. I miss him. Amazing, man. Going back to him professionally, you know, the selflessness, Damien, uh, you know, it was never about, he could have had the world title how many times over? But he cultivated, he cultivated younger talent, didn't he? He was, and that, you know, other people just go into business for themselves, don't they? We've heard about it time and time again. That selflessness, uh, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, he was always so willing to watch somebody's match. He was always willing, whether they wanted to or not, critique the match. Uh, and you know, and, and if he liked you, you knew he liked you because he'd grab you and he'd tell you, let's go out for dinner and he'd buy you a meal and sit you down and, and smarten you up. And I think that's something that sort of gets lost in the business these days mm. because I think so many people are out for, you know, they go to, a lot of guys go to a show, they want to wrestle their match, make their money and get home. It's the future. And 
back, you hear these stories of back in the day, right? The 70s and the 80s, the Harley races, the Dustin Rhodes, the, the Eddie Grahams doing this for the younger guys. Then somewhere it kind of got lost. Scott was, Scott was always that kind of guy. Scott was, Scott, was, Scott was a wrestling fan that turned into a wrestling legend. Yeah, just can't. I, I, so, so sad, man. So sad. You know what, what happened just a few short months ago, man. Because uh, just you, you know, amazing. Even even when he's come over here to shows, um, you know, he t- takes people under his under his wing, man. I know people. I know people that know him really well over here say the exact same thing. Yeah, he he was going through his yeah, own shit. You know, he he loved he loved going over there. Um, I believe he was working with Paige's parents, right? Yes, uh, World Ricky. Association of Wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He loved going over there. He, I mean, we, Scott and I were close and he, whenever he used to come back from those tours, he always had like a little extra, I don't know if he had a girlfriend out there or what the deal was, <laughs> but whenever he came, whenever he came back, he was in a much better mood than when he left. Just suave, suave man, mate. You can't, you can't teach, you can't teach that, can you? Hundred percent. You've either got younger. it. You've either got it, or you haven't. Unfortunately, I haven't got it. But there we, there we go. <laughs> That's just yeah. one of them things, man. Damien, yeah. I've got it. I've got to ask you. I know you were with Sunny for many. You know, oh, it's a lot. It's a long time ago now, really. When you think about it, and uh, look, we've asked. I've asked off camera about this. If I could ask you about her, we know she's going through some stuff at the moment. But you were with her you know, for quite, quite a while. And, uh, yeah, just Sunny man. And more, more currently what, what's, what's happened to her, which has been in the press across the world, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, we weren't together that long. We were together maybe uh, a year or two. Um, however, it feels a lot longer. Um, and, uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, Tammy had, Tammy was dealing with some shit when I was with her, which uh, which I didn't, I wasn't aware of when we first had gotten together. Um, you know, after a couple of months of dating somebody, uh, you know, like anybody, you know, you get to know them more. Mm-hmm. And and if people, if somebody's hiding something in a relationship, you know, it's gonna it's gonna start to peek its head after after a while. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that's what happened between Tammy and I. Um, she, she's an alcoholic. Uh, she was when we were together. Um, I, I stood by her, uh, when she went to rehab. Um, and then when she got out of rehab, um, there were a few incidents where she would mess up, go back to drinking and it would, it would result in an arrest. And then I, you know, I, I stood by her, um, through multiple arrests. And then finally, you know, like my therapist said, when you get tired of the, the roller coaster ride of up and down on somebody else's roller coaster, eventually you say, you know, get, I want to get off the ride. And that's what happened to me. I said one day that I just had enough and, and I was, it was, it was over. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, in addition to Tammy's alcoholism, um, she's got this side of her that's, not a very good person. So when I was no longer on Tammy's roller coaster ride, I was now an enemy. 
So Tammy went on, uh, you know, on a, on a, I, you know, on a, on Damien's the bad guy route for a long time. And she said a lot of things that weren't true. Um, and she said a lot of things that didn't portray me to be in a good light. Uh, which is why I've chosen to do this interview and why I've chosen to do other interviews and why I've chosen to be more spoken now mm -hmm. because I think now is an important time to let the truth be told, Absolutely. let the facts be out in the open, mm -hmm. and, you know, let, um, let's give the, the public the opportunity to let them know who the real Tammy Sitch is, what the real situation is, and um, and I hope more importantly the the jury in her situation, you know, um, understand that and and use that when it comes time to sentencing her. Not not to say that you could have foreseen that she would have killed someone being behind the wheel, but could you could you tell it was only a matter of time something bad was going to occur? Uh, you know, a year, a year or so being with her, you know, you've seen it, you were, you were in scenarios, you, you were together, man, you've seen it, you know, right, right there, right there and then, you know, uh, but could you have foreseen that this was going to happen, something so bad? 100%, yes. I, I did, my mother did, people mm. around us did, everybody I talked to that knows Tammy has always said, She's either she's going to kill herself or she's going to kill somebody else. Do you think going back to obviously when she was so prevalent in the nineties? Do you think it just got got you know it got into her head the way she was, and then it's just fueled her? Or do you think it might have been that uh, she's never fully got over Chris Candido passing? So so here's the thing, right? Um, as far as her success in the nineties, she was only her career from start to finish as successful as she was to the end only lasted three or four years. Tammy was five by 99. Her career was done. Yeah. Right. That's four years. However, she, she wasted her career in the rest of the business. Vince McMahon and WWF, they did not lose her at a certain point. They chose to use other women to because she was an issue. So, I mean, I don't think that you can look at her time as a, as a top star in the business and she has today. Additionally, um, you know, I've, I've become uh, acquaintances with Johnny Candido, who's Chris Candido's brother, yeah. uh, who was a tremendous help, who was a tremendous help for me when I was going through that ugly breakup with Tammy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's had these problems with, with Chris before, yeah. before he passed. I'm not going to speak about their relationship. No, my no, business, of course. Of course. I wouldn't I wouldn't the stories I would tell Johnny, yeah. he would shake his head yeah, and tell he back to me that the same shit mm. happened to Chris. He so relate, these yeah. problems, these mental health issues that she's carrying around go way back before the WWF. And, and it's sad that, you know, I broke up with Tammy 10 years ago. She still got the same problems with the new guy. 
She she was arrested bef before the car accident for almost stabbing him with scissors. He deserves a medal. <laughs> do you know? Well, as as to you, man, as to you, and as you say, mis misreported stuff made up. You know, it it it, it defames you, and you haven't done anything wrong. You know, I feel I feel for you because you haven't done anything wrong, but she's portrayed you in, in such a bad light. So I'm glad you know you can you can speak about this. Uh, I mean, listen. Uh, if you ever been in a really, you know relationship, you know how it is. You know, there's good times, there's bad times. You know that that's just sort of how it how it works. Um, you know, it just sucks because Tammy, who has who is a public figure, uh, you know, can can go on social media and she can type whatever she wants. She could create any scenario, and there are, you know, uh, it's a large mass of people that now read this. Uh, I'm sure some of them know better than to take her word as truth. However, it still gets thrown out there, and it's still your name being thrown through the mud. So that's what I went through. That's it. I, I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can... You know, you've covered you covered that everything you know we could go over and over it couldn't we man you know the, uh, uh, thank you thank you like thank you for sharing that thank you for sharing that especially with me here and appreciate you doing that man on to some positives on to some po positives we'll, we'll switch genres i know you're a huge guns and roses fan and i know this obviously from what you've posted going to shows and obviously in more recent yeah. years they got together they got back together. You know, we've been waiting for Slash and Axel for years. I know Guns N' Roses toured without Slash. They did the UK festivals over here years ago, 20 years ago probably, when they had Buckethead. But yeah, I know you're a huge fan of GNR, man. So yeah, just your experiences of GNR and some of your favourite tracks, man. Dude, I am, I mean, I'm one of the biggest Guns N' Roses fans. I am like a crazy Axel Rose fan. Um, when I was... When I was younger, entering high school, <clears throat> my friend Scott introduced me to them. Uh, I think he may have even bought me my first CD of Appetite for Destruction. Uh, and as soon as I put it on, it, it was the soundtrack to my life. And I, and I, I can honestly say I, I relate to every song. It's just, it has, I have that kind of connection to the music, the category. Um, so, you know, I, I take every opportunity I have to see them when they come to the area. I love the shows. They're great. The fans are a blast. We were talking a little offline about how, you know, when they come to the area, we'll throw tailgate parties outside the venue before the show. And, you know, I, I usually go pretty all out. You know, we'll, we'll get it. We'll put up a big tent. We'll barbecue. We'll, we'll get drinks going. And I've met people from all over the world the world and um and i've established some like real friendships with these people from you know based that that art that originate from our love of guns and roses so you know it's it's all pretty cool uh, as far as some of my favorite tracks night train Jeez. estranged it, it's so easy locomotive um and and i'll admit i love chinese democracy that, hey, that's fine. That that had you know some bad press. <laughs> that had, well, it had a lot of yeah. bad press as it goes. But that that's just 
That's yeah. just how it is, man. You, you're not allowed to come back. You're not allowed to release stuff later on. It's just the way people are in it. But that's you like it, and that's all that matters, man. That all that's all that matters. Yeah, I think uh, there was a time. Sorry, better catcher in the rye. I thought those were all, those those were all good. Absolutely, man. I mean, maybe maybe not the radio friendly music that that you know they produce today. Uh, however. If, if you're a Guns N' Roses fan, those songs sort of are eclectic, and I, I feel like they all tell a story, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I like it. Amazing, man! Amazing. What about what about Slash? Obviously, doing with the, the conspirators. Obviously, Miles Kennedy on on vocals. I know you're a staunch GNR guy, but I have to admit, yeah. I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed. Uh, Miles Kennedy's got one of the best voices in rock and roll. Uh, you know, Alter yeah. Bridge and his his uh, solo stuff that he's done. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of what they've done, and I'm glad Slash took him on full time to do the vocals after collaborating on the early album. Dude, 100%. I saw them a few months ago at the Beacon Theater here in New York City. Um, Miles Kennedy with Slash. Uh, I thought it was a great show. I think Miles Kennedy's got one of the best voices in rock and roll. Reminds me a little bit of Sebastian Bach. Yeah. Uh, and I and I love his covers. They do, they do a rocket man that's excellent. Um, and I and then Miles Kennedy, he sings those Guns N' Roses songs. On, on on point. Absolutely, man. Halo, Halo is one of my favourites by them. That's a mm-hmm. tune. That's a tune, man. His voice on that is incredible, man. It was good. It's good to talk a bit of music on this show. You know, it's good to go into other genres of uh, of life of entertainment. Yeah, I, I don't do a lot of these interviews, but to be perfectly honest with you, um, I, I know I'm a I know I'm a wrestler. But I mean, that's just, that's what I did. That's not who I am. No. So like, so if I could do an interview and, you know, if I have to talk about wrestling the whole time, you're probably going to, you're probably going to lose me because I'm not going <laughs> to, uh, I'm not going to be interested in talking about myself, let alone wrestling for an hour or something. That's cool, man. That's cool. No, that's, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Who, who else in, in rock that, that, you know, stand out for you at the tippy top? So, so. I'm going to pull Scott Hall back um, because Scott and I love Elvis. Um, and we used to, so during the pandemic, uh, Scott was home a lot and we would, we would FaceTime each other during the week, like on a Thursday night and we call it a brother night and we would watch Elvis together and FaceTime each other. And um, so, I, so I'm a big Elvis fan. Me and Scott, and always planned to go to Graceland together. I bought us these matching Elvis sunglasses, but but you know we never got to go. Um, uh, I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make my way to Graceland. Hopefully this time this this summer, and um, you know it'll be uh, it'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a trip. That's nice, man. That's all. Paying homage, paying homage to one of the, you know, one of the most. He, he's, he's. I know he's highly esteemed within wrestling, but he's also underrated, in my opinion. And I'm, and I'm glad you got to share so much time with Scott Allman. Uh, you know, as a fan, that's amazing from my end to hear just, a, just a little bit. Because I'm sure there's hundreds of stories you could have shared. I got a Scott. I got. So we were in Tampa, Florida, doing a wrestling show. After the show. You know, being in Tampa, which is a big party town, 
I asked Scott, I said, you know, you want to you wanna go out or you want to go back to the hotel? So Scott looks at me and he's like, you want to go out? Let's go out. I was with a couple of friends. I was with my girlfriend at the time. Scott opens the trunk, opens his bag, takes his sweatpants off in the, in the, in the parking lot and puts on a pair of like go out jeans, you know? So now Scott puts his jeans on in the parking lot. And I'm like, Scott, you know, his fans are out. He goes, I don't give a shit. We're out of here. So we go out to these, uh, we go out to this town, Ebor in Tampa, which is like, which is the party strip, you know, all the bars, all the clubs. So now you're walking into these clubs with Scott Hall. People, people notice, right? He's this six foot seven guy with the long black hair He's got the drip going on. And, you know, if you're a fan and you look at him, you go like that, Razor Ramon, he's wearing an NWO shirt. So it's not like you can, you know, get mis <laughs> a misunderstanding. Like, you know it's Scott Hall. So we get to the club, and uh, it's a karaoke club. So Scott is watching these people get up on stage and sing. And then he's like, wait, he goes, they're not a band. It's a karaoke I go, yeah. He goes, you going to sing? I go, I can sing. He goes, what are you going to sing? I go, I'll sing Elvis. Goes, what song? I go, pick a song, Scott. I'll sing whatever you want. He goes, always on my mind. I go, okay, Scott. So, you know, I, I finish my drink. I get my liquid courage. I get on stage at this karaoke club, and I sing Elvis all, always on my mind. Scott, God bless him, is standing by the stage, dancing, singing along. I mean, it's pretty funny. Um, as a matter of fact, I have the video on YouTube. So if anybody wants to check it out, I'm gonna, they can look up. I, they can look I, up. I've not seen it, and I've seen a lot of your stuff across social media following you for so long. I will make, I will make sure I watch it, man. Sorry, I cut in then. It's on YouTube. Uh, you could look it up. Damien Darling, always on my mind. I apologize for the singing. You know, it wasn't like something I had planned to do that night. <laughs> but, but, but when Razor Ramon requests a song, you get your ass on that stage and sing. I've so, got, I've got, I've got, I've got a good story. Actually, we're in New Orleans for WrestleMania 30, right? And uh, we'd split off the lads in the group, and uh, a lad goes to one of the convenience stores. And uh, he comes back, he had the good grace to tell me, I've just met Scott Hall at the convenience store. <laughs> I said, bullshit. I said, bullshit. He's like, he goes, yeah. do you want to see, do you want to see the photo? I said, what? Well, he stopped, he stopped for a photo. You know, you weren't at a convention or anything. And lo and behold, yeah. he's got a photo with Scott Hall, which is his uh, profile picture to this day. And I was gutted. I was gutted. I was not with Ant when he met him. And he said he was amazing. He said the guy yeah. was amazing. He didn't have to stop. He didn't expect them to stop, but he, he did, and he took a photo, man. See, I told you about how Scott was my favorite wrestler as a kid. So when I hung out with Scott, like especially in the beginning, um, when I first met him, I didn't like to ask him a lot of wrestling questions or, or questions about his career because um, I didn't want him to feel like I was a fan. I wanted him to feel more like we were uh, – colleagues or you know friends but i always was i always loved that when i would hang out with him 
other fans would ask questions. So if I hung out with Scott, we went out to lunch, we met fans, we would always, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We'd start talking, and then they would ask the questions. So I, from hanging out with Scott, have heard a million questions answered that I didn't have to ask, you know? So I don't know. It sort of, it sort of was cool in a way. And another, another perk was when people would send him drinks. And when Scott was on his good boy program, I would intercept the drinks. <laughs> can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, so we'd go to a restaurant, go to a bar. He'd be drinking diet, diet Cokes. It's amazing. And I guess they would think he was drinking like a, a Jack and Coke. So yeah. I would take the shots or I would take the beers. And Scott would always say, you got to drink it. You got to drink it. So I would wind up getting piss hammered drunk. <laughs> it was just, it was just a perk. Amazing. It was just perk of hanging out with Scott, you know? Yeah. A win a win win for Damien, I tell you, a win win for Damien Yeah, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Oh, One time oh God. So there's so many stories. See, I, I, know, I, know, man, man, I know I know, man. I know we're limited. I know we're limited on time. Brother brother, I, I've lost my car hanging out with Scott. I've pissed my pants hanging out with Scott. <laughs> I mean, we we had a lot of good times. Yeah, man. Amazing, amazing man, amazing. Favorite, favorite match. I, I, I know full well what I think I've got an inkling what you're going to say is favorite match, but my favorite match before you use yours is him and Brett Royal Rumble 1993. And you know, he was only in he was only in the promotion seven months and he was straight in, wasn't he? He got his title shot, man. And that that match it stands out to me now as a kid. Bret Hart was my favorite, still is. And uh, that's one that stands out for me. But yeah, I think I've got an inkling where you're going to go with your favourite match. Or you're going to curveball me. I think you're going to curveball me with it. I think I'm going I'm I'm to curveball you. Yeah. I'm going to curveball you. It's Razor Ramon and the one two three kid versus the Smoking Guns for the tag team titles. I'll tell you why. Number one, I love tag team wrestling. Two, it's an extraordinary tag team match. Because all four guys are great workers. Number three, I love a tag team that looks like a tag team. In that match, Razor and One Two Three Kid were matching purple. I love that. I know you probably would have thought that I'd say WrestleMania Ten or any of those other really famous yeah. matches, but uh, but I'm telling you, <clears throat> check out Razor and One Two Three Kid, Smoking Guns. It's a banger. More fool me for thinking you were going to go for the obvious choice. There. That's that's on me. That's on me. But, uh, I, I think it was. Uh, I, yeah, I think that match from an in your house or something. Great, yeah, great match. Yeah, I can remember. Yeah. I can remember it. To be fair, you were at eighties WrestleCon. Tommy Fierro and the gang and all that had the show recently. Some great photos of the guys in you know wrestling gear, cosplay, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It looked like you had an absolutely fantastic time. I've had Jock Rougeau on recently. Uh, get well, get well, Jock. As well, I know he's going through some medical stuff at the moment. He was there. Mm-hmm. How was eighty? How was 80s con, man? How was eighties con there? You know, it looked amazing for us over here. So I, I've known Tommy for years. So uh, now, nowadays, um, I'm not. I, I, I'm not actively wrestling. Um, I'll wrestle a few shows a year, just uh, just to give myself something to train for. Um, to you know, stay in the gym, stay active. Um, but um, but when Tommy has his shows or has his conventions, that's something. That's something that I want to be involved in because it's fun. I'll see a lot of the old guys. I'll see some friends, and it's it's 
something to do on a Saturday for me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great time. It was a great turnout. Um, obviously you see a lot of the old timers, right? So, so I got to meet Jesse, the body Ventura. Oh, man. So, so, so Jesse walks in, I'm sitting around drinking a cup of coffee. Hey, Jesse, you know, and not just Jesse, but you know, a lot of fans were addressing as Jesse, you know, Jesse was a governor here in, uh, in Minnesota. Yeah. So, so when I met Jesse, you know, good morning, Governor Ventura. So respect. He takes his jacket off and he's got, you know, he's got nice arms. He's got sizable arms. So I compliment his arms. I go, oh, you know, Governor, your, you know, brother looking good. He comes over to me and now he starts talking to me about his workout routine, how he's riding the bike for like 20 miles, you know, a week. And now he's telling me about his whole workout routine. It was cool. Amazing. Still, I met going, Jacques. still going strong, man. I, yeah, he's 70-something years old, so, you know, good for him. And I met Jacques. Jacques is such a sweetheart. He was – I've got I've to reiterate what you've just said, man. I had him for an hour. Amazing. Amazing. Humble, yeah, mate. Humble, couldn't be a nicer guy. Humble. No attitude, mate. Uh, another one who gets overlooked. Another one who gets overlooked, man. What he, what he yeah. accomplished in the business, you know. Sorry. 100%. Sure. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, I, I've always loved tag team wrestling, so the Rougeau brothers were, you know, one of my favorites. The whole, the whole uh, you know, fabulous Rougeaus, like, we'll, we'll bring American flags out. It, it, it drew the heat, man. It drew the heat. They knew exactly what they were doing. And they had Jimmy Hart beside them, man. I'm about to drive through a tunnel to go into Manhattan, um, so I may lose you. Okay. Okay, we can close out, man. We can close out, right? Just in closing, where the fans, where people can find you on social media. Just a quick plug, mate. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Uh, my Facebook is is mainly for personal use, um, so that's that's off off uh, off key. But uh, yeah, check me out on uh, Instagram or Twitter, Damien Darling. I'm around. Perfect. My guest, all the way from the good old US of A in New York, it is a man, a wrestling veteran. Mr. Damon Darling on Stu's Wrestling Podcast today. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Enjoyed it. Loved Thank it. Thank you, Stu. It was enjoyable. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Thank you, thank you so much to Damien there for all his insight and his viewpoints on wrestling and what he went through as well. And it was lovely coming off the topic of wrestling. Sometimes I find I pigeonhole myself with guests, so it's nice to go on to the topic of music. And he loves Guns N' Roses, he's seen them many times, so it was just cool. So come off the topic of wrestling, I really, I really like that. I like being able to talk about other stuff, and you know, I like other sport as well, so it's always nice to ask the guests about things like that. So yeah, there you have it, that was Damien Darling. This is the end of episode 123 of SWP, Stu's Wrestling Podcast. We'll be back very, very soon for episode 124. See you all soon. Podcast Network.